For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bill Belichick is better today than he was yesterday. Welcome into Stack in the Box with the newly minted has an agent. I can't even look. I can't even look him in the eyes today. Look at this guy, Matt Verderam, going national. But the big news on Twitter: Stack in the Box with you every Tuesday, eleven Central. Hey, Verderam, did you enjoy watching football last night? Was that fun for you? I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I, first of all, I love football in the elements. Okay, now obviously that was a bizarre game with, with Mac Jones throwing the ball three times, but I really enjoyed it. Like it was more of a chess match, you know. It really was. Like, look, here we come. We're gonna run the ball nonstop. You know it's coming. You have to stop it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And the answer apparently was nothing. We're just gonna play nickel the entire game and have you just jam the ball down our throats. There's a lot to unpack in that game. But I, did you enjoy it? I loved it. So just for the record, the Bulls and the Nuggets were on last night. So I did not tune in to Patriots and Bills till the second half. And so then I turn it on and I'm like, is this a high school football game? You know, what's going on here? Yeah, I felt I, like it. I, 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 I felt like, and I do with some high school play-by-play, uh, think, go go St. Ignatius and, and whoever else, Highland Park, Deerfield, whatever else I called this year. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And the the drive that that set up the the last Patriots field goal. I mean, if I'm a Bills fan, I I, w- I just would have lost it. Look, come on, you 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 know it's coming. You can't stop them. And then uh, the field goal that starts out left of the upright and somehow squeezes in, and and you, that's how you in essence lose the football game. Then you miss one. I I I um. I, I don't know, man. I, I have I have a hard time celebrating Belichick and like, hey, you, you got to celebrate him. The dude's incredible. We're going to throw three passes and we're going to beat a team that everybody thought was going to win the AFC East. Uh, and 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 we're going to be we're going to become the story of the NFL season. Really? That's what the Patriots are right now. I mean, they really are. They are. They are. But. I will say one thing, and I'll, I'll go the other direction a little bit. First of all, by the way, I, thank you, everybody, joining the chat. Appreciate it. Obviously, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. Thank wait, you. Wait. Will Skates, Matt Verde, and the GOAT, way too kind. Uh, and, and also, guy mentioning win was crazy. Matt Verderam fan page. Whoever you are, you're a beautiful person. Okay? I mean, is that your cousin? It, it ought to be, but it's not. No, believe me, nobody in my family is starting a fan page for me. Okay. You have a anything, it would be a slander campaign. This this, um, this this is incredible. You have a fan page, you have an agent. I mean who the hell knew? Che- who, well the agent I knew. The rest che- of it, who knew? But Cheeto Freak, I mean, with the question, do you need to contact your agent to ask questions on the show? Congrats, man. I mean, maybe we gotta we maybe we gotta go through Deb Spanner to get to you now. This that's, is big. that's right. Call call Debbie. 
Call Debbie. And yes, the, the the profile pic is hilarious. Me just screaming. That's awesome. Um, but uh, look, look. So for for the game, for the game, because I know there are people also listening to the podcast, so I have no idea what the hell's happening right now. So everybody's saying, well, Belichick and McDaniel's. What a genius thing this was. Why? Like, what, what was the genius about this? That they were terrified of letting Mac Jones throw the football? Because that's what it was. I mean, if we're being totally honest, they didn't want – like, Rappaport, and I'm not, I'm not like, knocking in or whatever overall, but I am for this tweet, puts out that – and he put this out around mid-third quarter, early third quarter. If the Patriots win this game, this game plan should reside in the Hall of Fame beside the Super Bowl 25 game plan. I mean, what the hell are we talking about? Are we kidding with this? It was it was like a wind tunnel, and they just ran the football. That, to me, that game was far more about Buffalo's coaching staff just absolutely refusing to acknowledge what was blatantly obvious, which is New England is going to run the ball like crazy. Yeah, but they had nine in the box. They they just couldn't stop them. It, yeah, they it, never went big. Like that, that's the thing I don't understand in that game. I was talking to Nate Gary, who who covers the Bills up in Buffalo, uh, and it was like during the game. I'm like, why aren't they just putting five defensive linemen on the field? Like, challenge them. Go well, big. Well, and the, Buffalo, Buffalo just never did that. Buffalo basically sat in nickel and and then occasionally in base. Like, why why do you have two safeties on the field? They're not throwing the ball. Like, get get one of those safeties off the field and put a 330-pound lineman up there. Like it was it was just bizarre. They treated it like New England was trying to get them to like, like to get baited into this. There were no bait. They were never, ever, 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 ever going to throw the ball. It was a very bizarre way of coaching that game by the Bills. The, the Patriots used six offensive linemen for 61% of their offensive plays, which... Uh, right, so match up with it. Yeah, right, to your point, right. That's, the by the way, the highest usage for any team... Over the past five seasons, I'm, st- I'm, I'm pulling oh, sure. that one out of ESPN. Um, the Steelers, by the way, were the last team in the NFL to win a game with one or fewer pa- uh, passing first downs. That was 2010. You want to take a guess as to who their uh, quarterback was that day? If you get this one, Verderam, you deserve three agents. 2010. Oh, I'm guessing it wasn't Big Ben. Uh, Dennis Dixon. Three agents on your way. Dennis Dixon is correct. D squared out of nowhere, Verderam. Pay Oregon. this man. Pay that. That's that. That did you went to Oregon? Did you know? Did you know that that question was coming? Did, no, but I, I knew that he played there, and I knew that it had to be the backup, and that's who their backup was. All right. Did you read the same article that I read? All right. How, how about this one? The Patriots' fewest passing attempts were were previously five. Do you know what game that came in, buddy? Yes, snowplow game, nineteen eighty-two. Yeah. Do you know the score of that game? Three nothing. John Smith kicked field goal. Who'd they beat? Miami. Don Shul was so pissed they changed the rules after the year. Do you know who drove the stadium tractor to uh, create the path for the field goal? You got that uh, one too. Yeah, I do. I actually do. Uh, it was uh, Mr. Henderson who was on work release from a local prison. That is unbelievable, Mark Henderson. I did not know the work release from the prison. Seriously, yeah, he was Can on I... work release from prison. Do you know what he went to prison for? I do not. You got me there. Okay. You got me there. <laughs> that, 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 seriously. We right? wrote, a whole, we wrote like, six, like four or five months ago, we had uh, Clark Judge, who's a Hall of Fame voter, a great guy. Uh, he, he wrote an entire feature for that game for us, about that game for us. It's part okay. of a series about the 80s. 
All right, just 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 hand to God uh, and Verram. You can confirm this, but because uh, we did not talk about this before the show, there was no prep. Verram just 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 being Verram right now, which is oh, I, uh, I, first of all, I love history. I love history, and I cover the league, so I should know some of the more infamous games. By the way, as a, as a fun little footnote, and I'm not doing this to Shaw, I just think it's funny. That game got the Pats in the playoffs, and those two teams played each other in the wild card round in the playoffs that year, it was in the orange bowl and fans had like hard hats. It had like little snow plows attached. Uh, and I, uh, Miami beat the hell out of them. I that. think somewhere deep in my uh, memory NFL bank, I remember that it's, it's, you know, I, I was actually alive in 82. Unlike you. Very famous game. It's infamous yeah, game. yeah. 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 Uh, all right. Let's, Let's 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 see your future. Be your future. Patriots, Bills, playoffs. Mac Jones, Josh Allen. If if the if the Bills make the playoffs, which I think they will, but uh, who are you betting on postseason right now? New England slash Buffalo. Look, I, I I get it. I've kind of faded New England throughout the year. And I, by the way, I give it full credit. Like at this point, look, you're on a seven game win streak. You're doing something right. And they they've played really really well. They 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 are very efficient. They play really good defense. Obviously, incredibly coached. I still think the Bills are the better team. Like, that, that game last night, you you can't – and, I, by the way, I'd be saying the same sentence that I'm about to say if the Bills had won. You cannot walk away from that game and make any crazy declarative statements. Like, that game – that game basically neutered Buffalo's ability to throw the football. Like, you can't I, – I, and, by the way, Buffalo, if they don't beat themselves in a lot of ways in that game, probably still win. Now, the flip side of that is Nikhil Harry has that muff that leads to their only touchdown. So, you want to say that, that's fair, that's fine. Pats deserve to win. I don't know about you, Corm. I still think the Bills, in a normal game, are the better team. I, I had Buffalo last night, for the record, my picks this week. I was incredibly strong in the Chicago media mega contest. I was 4-0 until last night, and so I, I lost the Bills. I want to kill them. For uh, and most of the public had New England. I, you know, I, how I bet is I, I fade. That's my game. Uh, but the public was right last night. I'm betting the Patriots. You know, I, and I don't want to break this down to one anecdotal play, especially at the end of the game, which a lot of people do. But the problem that I have with Buffalo, look, man, the Bills, uh, New England comes with an all-out blitz at the end of the game, which they hadn't done. Cole Beasley's open, man. He, he right. He's he's open, and and the throw is ten feet behind him, and I don't think it was because they they had a miscommunication, and and I don't listen. I I Josh Allen. I, I at the end of the day, I'm I'm not here to fire on him because I do believe in Josh Allen, but but that particular you have the touchdown to win the football game, sitting there right there in the wind, and and it's that off. I, I don't like the optics of that going forward for, for Buffalo. I really don't. Close game. Uh, Go ahead. Fair. No, 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 fair, fair. I, look, I I thought that game came down to a, a complete lack of adjustments by the Bills coaching staff. And also, I will say this, okay, because I think we do have to give the Pats some credit here, and I, and I have not really. I've been more talking about Buffalo. The Patriots went into that game and said, we were running the football. And they did it. They did it. They ran it right down their throats. They didn't get cute with it. They didn't deviate. Like, I think Belichick's greatest strength as a coach is he's relentless. Like, if they, if he sees something that he feels he can exploit, he just pounds away with it. And he doesn't care. Like, he's not – like, so many coaches get cute 
And they're like, oh, we set him up now for something else. And it's like, Belcher said, no, they haven't stopped it once. Like, we're just going to keep doing it. And I think you saw that in that game. He just was like, I don't care. Like, yeah, we probably could hit him for a big play action bomb if we tried. But we're not going to try because we're running for five yards an attempt. Like, we're not going to change. I give him credit for that. And and I'll let you have your sit here, Corn. I I also think it did expose Buffalo in the trenches. Buffalo just couldn't run for a yard. They couldn't stop the run. And that's been something we've talked about in this podcast a lot. I think Buffalo's biggest problem is what was on display last night. If they get into a game where they have to win in the trenches, they're going to get their asses kicked because they just cannot do it. They're not big enough up front defensively and offensively not strong enough. And the result is what you saw last night. Of course, last night magnified, but the result nonetheless. They, they were most definitely out physical last night. Last night was a physical football game, too. Which, I mean, it was. Beat your man. Yep. Yep. All day. I Look. I just the Belichick part of it. It is difficult in life, in football, in wherever, wherever you, uh, you know, whatever, doff the chapeau, if you will, wherever you lay your hat, to do what it, to go against the grain and consistently go against it and not care what anybody thinks. And this is how I'm going to do it. And as you put it, don't get cute like that. That was. If if you talk, hey hey guys, I'm just telling you right now, we're not gonna throw it at all. We may not, we may throw it only three times, and to right. stick with it, like you have to be so on your own side and believe in what you believe. It's impressive to me, man. He was, he he just he doesn't uh, he doesn't give a shit what anyone else thinks. It's, it's so and 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 he's got a lot of success behind him to have that to have that confidence. But even so, like Tom Brady's not not there anymore. He's doing it with a rookie quarterback, and he's still, you know, one hundred percent believing in himself. Um, and I, I just, I just think that 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 that's something that I'm jealous of, if, if or, or whatever. No, or, or massive respect. How's that? It's true. It's true. I think we can wrap on this on this thought. By the way, hey Ed, how's it going? Thanks for joining us on the uh, the stream here. Um, look, I, I think. Really, you spin it forward. What does the game do now? Well, now New England goes into its bye. Okay, it's nine and four, first in the AFC, up a half game on Tennessee and on Baltimore and on Kansas City. Now the Titans play Jacksonville this week. The Chiefs are home to the Raiders. Baltimore is at Cleveland. We'll talk about a few of those games later. Um, so that, we'll see. We'll see who ends up being tired in New England, who falls a game back. Um, they're a game and a half up in the division. So the two teams do play again the day after Christmas. Big game. Obviously, but you know, you, you start looking at it and you start saying, Look, this game now, Buffalo plays Tampa this weekend, which we're also we're going to get to that game when Ben Heisler comes on and we talk about the lines. Man, this game for Buffalo, like you lose this game, you start talking about whether they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, look, I think you're going to have to at least win 10 to get into the AFC. All right, now, obviously, Buffalo, if they lose this game, could still get to 11. But you have that game looming against New England. Do I think the Bills get in? Yeah, probably. But I also look at it and go, you get the seven losses. The Bills are going to lose a lot of tiebreakers, man. A lot of tiebreakers. Like if, if the Bills go 10 and 7, they're not making the playoffs, in my opinion. They will lose out to the Colts who beat them. They'll lose out in all likelihood to the Bengals by conference record. Same thing with Baltimore, conference record. Same thing with the Chargers, conference record. They're not going to be at any of those teams in a tiebreaker. None of them. 
So if you're and, the Bills, you better get to 11 wins. If you don't, you're probably going home. And that would make them the most disappointing team in the NFL, which they probably are right now, even in the playoffs, I would say. Well, especially right? based on what they did at the beginning of the year. You know, I mean, we were sitting there, if they beat the Chiefs up, it was like, man, that, yeah, they're the best team in football. Not so fast. Well, right. They were the Vegas favorites to win the Super Bowl probably, I don't know, four or five weeks in. We'd have to, I'd have to check the numbers on that. But, yeah, exactly. One and a half so. ago. So it's uh, which is why you don't necessarily want to write them off after, uh, and they are still in the playoffs, and they're whatever. There's a lot of, lot of talent flowing through Buffalo. What's that? A lot of football to be played. A lot of football to be played. But uh, Gonzo the Beast uh, weighing in as per usual. Andy Reid would get stubborn and try to throw it if they played last night. Well, hundred percent. Yeah, they would have thrown the ball thirty-five times. I have not a doubt in my mind that's what they would have done. Yeah. All right. So here, let's move to Baltimore, who uh, the the Ravens are just banged up big time. You've got uh, the latest, of course, Marlon Humphrey. That's the seventh starter uh, that has been sidelined for Baltimore this year. Third in the secondary, Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Deshaun Elliott. um, And by the way, you've got Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Joe Burrow coming up for Baltimore. Yeah, it's Uh, not easy. Yeah. and, And also, uh, Lamar has thrown some some troubling um, interceptions as late. So, you're are you are you projecting real trouble? Because I think that's probably a, a fair look at uh, what's going on right now with the Ravens. I mean, I think they'll make the playoffs, but there's a borderline chance that they don't make the playoffs. Like I, I really feel that way. They so they're scheduled the rest of the way, not in order except for this next game. They're, so they're at Cleveland this weekend, and again, we'll talk about it a little bit when when Heisler comes on. Um, they host the Packers, they host the Rams, they're at Cincinnati, and then they host Pittsburgh. Like, are any of those games surefire wins? No, I don't think so. And and then you start thinking, all right, I think if they get two of those games in the win column, they make the playoffs, but like. Could they go one in four? They could. I don't think they will, but I, I will go this far. Unless Lamar Jackson is absolutely like at the apex of his career over these next two months, they're not, they're not going to the Super Bowl. There's no way. Like to me, I and I agree with some of the people in the chat here. Chino Free Ravens were in real trouble before Humphrey's injury and the loss. I agree. Totally agree with you, man. I I, I totally agree. Um but without Humphrey, that that pass defense was already one of the five worst in football statistically. They are now the worst. They can't stop anybody. They get into a playoff game, and it's not ninety mile an hour wins. Allen, Burrow, Mahomes, Herbert—they're going to throw. On, they're just going to throw at will against Baltimore. They have no answer for these teams. And Jackson, the last six weeks, nine touchdowns, twelve picks. He has not played. Not only not played well, he's been awful throwing football. And I think a lot of that, again, is it's, look, say whatever you want about the guy, but it's all on him. I mean, all of it. They can't stop anybody. Their line's not that good. They don't run well when he's not running it. Like, it's, everything's on Lamar Jackson. And I think you're starting to see the wear of that, where he just, he can't make every single play. He's starting to force the ball. We saw it with Mahomes earlier in the year. The difference was the Chiefs defense got a hell of a lot better and Mahomes could stop forcing it. I don't think that's happening for Baltimore. There's no reason to think it will. It's super interesting when you look at their schedule. You could, they could go on a five-game tailspin here at Cleveland. Very uh, hard. 
it's, you know, Green Bay at home, although the Packers will be coming in after facing the Bears on Sunday night football, so they'll be absolutely just, um, just wobbly. Just emotionally gutted. Right, right, right. Cincinnati, the Ram, and then uh, you wrap up with the Steelers. I It, 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 it absolutely could get very ugly, uh, and, and schedule right now is uh, very ex- incredibly important when you – when you figure out uh, which way this is going to go. Vern, by the way, are you enjoying the literally 25 of the 32 teams in the NFL are in the playoff run right uh, in the playoff hunt right now? I mean, Baltimore sitting at eight and four, but they're, you, you've got all these teams with six losses that could scoot past them. Right. Indy, the Raiders, the Browns, the Broncos are alive. I mean, it's uh, you can even throw the Dolphins in there at six and seven, and then in the end of, in the NFC, it's the same deal. You've, I mean, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Vikings, Eagles, all out of the playoffs right now, but very much alive with the 49ers and Redskins sitting there at six and seven, at six and six. Are you are you enjoying your NFL football seventeen playoff? I, I love this time of year, and I love all the playoff picture stuff. So this year is my Nirvana, right? I. I'll sit there and try to figure out all the different scenarios and which teams need which teams to lose and, and, and everything else. Like, I love all of it. I think it's fun. It almost adds weeks to the playoffs, right? Like, it almost adds weeks. Like, they, they have to win this game. This game is a de facto playoff game because these two teams, whoever loses, is done. Um, yeah, I think it's a hell of a lot of fun. You know, I think, it, like, next week, just for example, like, the Pats play the Colts. The Chiefs play the Chargers. Like, you know, the, the, the Ravens play, I believe it's the Packers next week. Like, those are huge games. Those are huge, right. huge games. I, I I love that kind of stuff. You know, it, it has such an impact. And this year, yeah, I mean, there's more parity this year than I can ever remember. Ever remember. I, I mean, but let's be honest. Washington, San Francisco, Philly, Minnesota, Carolina, Atlanta, the Saints, they're not playoff teams, man. They're going to – some of them are going to get – just throw off the entire middle class of the NFC. And I, right, but they don't belong in the damn playoffs. I'm just – like, if you – football integrity, you, like, historical, you are a playoff team. I don't – it just – listen, I, I get it. It's it's good for the league. People love the playoffs. Baseball's going to have 28 playoff teams coming up. The NFL, uh, you know, went to seven. Who knows? Maybe they'll go to eight down the line. I, I You know, but but the Raiders, the Browns, the Broncos, the Dolphins, all in the playoff hunt. I, come on. I mean, you know what, though, like in the AFC, in the AFC, okay, and I agree with you with the NFC, so a couple of those teams are bullshit. In the AFC, if, let's just say the four teams are leading their division, make it, okay? And then you get Cincinnati, Buffalo, and the Chargers. Those teams are all legit. Sure. Those sure. are all good teams. Every one of those teams deserves to be a playoff team, right? Like, now, the NFC, you got five really good teams. I think the Niners and Washington are at least interesting, but I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. In the NFC, none of that crap's going to matter anyway because those teams are going to get their just uh, they're, they're going to get their doors blown off in the wild card round, and then we're going to get into it. Yeah. So right, if if you're the Packers and you're the Bucks, like who do you not want to play, or who do? Uh, let, let's go that way. Who do you not want to play? I'll tell Minnesota. You what, no, I don't care about them. Bring them in. Okay. The the uh, in the NFC, maybe. Maybe Washington just just because you know they already beat ten. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be afraid of playing them either. I now I, I guess there's not an answer. You know the Niners maybe 
just because they can they can run. But my point is, I'll tell you what you don't want to be in the NFC. You don't want to be in that four or five game. That's what you don't want to be. Yeah, you're, well, you're you're, you're going to have two very good teams in that game. Yep, you are. And right now it's Dallas and the Rams, and that's a coin flip. And you, know, you, know, you don't want to be in that game. You want right. to be either getting a bye or you want to be a two three. And by the way, that two three is going to be a bitch because you're going to be playing each other, assuming you both win in the second round. Like let's say Arizona gets the one seed, you get Green Bay, Tampa in the second round of the play the division. That is a, that is a brawl of a football game. But I. I always look at the divisional round. For me, I think it's the best weekend of the year. That's the best weekend of football. You have four games. And this year, you're probably going to get some really good games. Like you're, you're probably you're going to get four of those five NFC teams in some order, I, I would think. And the AFC, you're probably going to have Kansas City, New England, uh, you know, and then after that, I don't know, maybe, maybe Buffalo, maybe Baltimore, but no matter what. I mean, you're, you're going to have some really, really – Good teams. I see uh, Matt Verdant fan page there, so I'm never get tired of saying. Uh, imagine <laughs> the weather last night in a playoff game. We saw it last year when the Bills played the Ravens to an extent. The, the, the weather was crazy in that game, and the, the Ravens scored three points. So it, it does happen, especially in Western New York. I went to college near there. Believe me, that wind, there were some days, no exaggeration, the wind blew so hard, so consistently up in Oswego. You walked backwards because if you faced the wind, you literally could not breathe. Like it would just, it would like seal your face. Like if you put a bag up against your face, you'd see people walking backwards up hills because it was the only way you could breathe. It's true story. Swear to God. Makes you tough, baby. I can handle anything. And let me tell you something. The wind's been kicking around Chicago lately. Uh, Poppy the puppy's been been scuffling with her big furry uh, situation. All right. Hey, before we get to uh, Ben Heisler, who's coming up in a second here, I just want you to touch on your Chiefs who, one of my picks this week, baby, Casey getting her done at home. That defense looking, I don't know, elite. There's a word. Uh, it, it's a little still wonky with the Chiefs offense, but uh, and that's the question we're asking. How concerned are you about Kansas City offensively, which is not the question we thought we'd be asking today on December the 7th, but that's where we're at. No, uh, you know, I, moderately. I'm not – I'm not really worried about it. Like, I was more worried about their offense a month ago when they played the Packers and the Giants, and they just looked like they had no idea how to get open and everything was out of sync, and Mahomes was bailing out of the pocket even when it was clean. None of that's happening now. It's more just they're dropping passes and they're taking penalties. Now, I'm concerned about that because that's been a year-long issue for them, and I'm, I'm going to say this right now. They, everybody's talking about them in the past. If they see each other in a playoff game, the AFC Championship game, if Kansas City drops passes and takes penalties against New England, they'll lose. They'll lose that game because the Pats won't make those mistakes. They'll beat them. The flip side is if the Chiefs play well, they'll win because they're more talented. But I, I think, look, I'm not that concerned. They're getting open. They're scheming things much, much better. Mahomes has looked much better. Um, you know, you look at his stat line and go, oh, 15 to 29 against them. But they dropped like five or six passes right in their hands. You know, I, I can't. Including, by the way, the interception that hit Terry Hill yep. right in the middle of both of his hands, and he popped the ball up in the air and got picked off. So, I can't really worry about it all that much, especially considering they have been so good defensively. If they play like that defensively in the playoffs, they're not going to lose. Like it almost is going to take them like actively tanking offensively to lose games. 
Like, if they play defense like that against New England, how many points does New England score? 13? That's right, right. They're right. not going to score. I mean, so I, I think that, look, there's definitely concern because this has been a season-long issue. But I'm not that concerned based off of who they are, what they have. I just think they'll eventually get it right and they'll, they'll be fine. And with that defense, they don't have to be unbelievable. They just have to be solid. Ra- Raider week, buddy. Raiders, then Chargers on the road on, on Thursday night. So That's the season. Bang, bang, re-up right there. And then Pittsburgh and then at home and then Cincinnati, Denver. How many wins they end up with, Verderam? I think they run the table. I don't think they'll lose. Woo, Murderam, going for the run the table. I said that on the radio in KC on uh, Seren Petro show. I said that before they played the Cowboys. Then I thought they and he I was like, whoa, like audibly. It's like, oh my God, I think if they beat Dallas, I don't think they're going to lose another game. And I'm sticking with that. I, I don't, I don't, who's going to beat them? The Chargers are the only team to me. They're it. They're it. And by the way, the Chargers beat them, the Chiefs probably a five seed. Okay. But I think, I think that's it. Like if they don't lose to them, They'd have to lose to the Raiders at home, the Steelers at home, Denver in the last week of the year on the road, and Cincinnati, which maybe, like maybe Cincinnati does it. It's on the road, like, but I, but I don't know how you feel, Corm. That's one of those things. Week seventeen, like if Kansas City knows it's the one seed, if it wins that game, I, I just don't see them losing in Cincinnati. I don't. Well, and and and, and if they win out. I don't know why I'm hearing myself back. And maybe it's just, did Ben just jump in? Is that why I'm losing it? But uh, okay, now I lost it. Okay, very good. So if if they went out, if if, if they they will be the one seed, and if it's on the line for that uh, week, I I would never bet against them at that point. Um, it's all about the Chargers game. That's yeah. a whole, that's a whole kit and caboodle. That's it. They win that game. I think they're the one seed. They lose a private five. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Here comes Ben Heisler. Let's bring him in, the managing editor, Bet Sided, as we just gave the Chiefs a wow, Ben, with a new uh, – normally he's got this weird basement set up, and now he's got a green <laughs> screen. Look, trash the man as he comes well, on. Well, 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 basement set up. Well, look, look at – yes. It started off really nice. There was like a whole buildup, and uh, Restream's got a new green screen feature, so I thought, all right, let's try to step it up a little bit for, for stacking the box. And uh, sure enough, I went to the green screen that I normally use for videos and uh, does not work. So I figured you guys wanted to see my nasty mug rather than just blink. And so here I am with you. You, you look adorable, and um, and I like that's that's what I'm going for, yeah. Carm. Going for the adorable. Yeah, I mean, look. there's 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 nothing wrong with 33 years old. Yes, well, look, uh, it's better than looking uh, seasoned. There's a word that's for uh, for us for us veterans. <laughs> that, that, is, that is really that the word that's doing a lot of heavy lifting. That word. That yeah. There it is. All right, seasoned. team. Let's let's do it. Let's make some dough here. All right. Uh, again, Ben, managing editor, bet sided, win bet, w y n n b e t dot com. As we look ahead to week fourteen. We're starting with the Steelers and the Vikings. Minnesota at home. They're a three-point favorite. 45 the number. And, of course, Minnesota in the wild and Willie playoff picture uh, in that NFC. And, uh, of course, Pittsburgh in their own battle as well. 
Ben, you're, you're, you're riding the Vikings at home? Yeah, but I, I think I probably prefer the total instead because that's where the movement's been this week. This opened at 49. It's gone down a full four points over at Wimbet. It's now currently listed at 45. Uh, if it goes any lower, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to feel confident enough to jump on board. Uh, but short week, Big Ben at 39 years old. You, he basically put everything he had into, into last Sunday. So, yeah, I, I think the Vikings bounce back, and, and that's probably if I had to take a side where I'd likely go with this. But, you know, the, the Steelers' defense, especially with, with the Vikings' current state of their offensive line, Cousins had a pretty remarkable year, but I think they're going to generate a little bit more pressure. I think he's going to have some issues. Uh, Dalvin Cook's still likely out. Madison can step in, but he's coming off of a short week as well. I know the Vikings have a tendency to put up points, but they really kind of slowed things down. It's Justin Jefferson, and after that, I'm not really sure who else is going to step up. Is it going to be, you know, Conklin, the tight end? It just doesn't feel like there's a lot of weapons that are going to be put on display. And I think you'll see one of the more eh, boring offensive showdowns that you probably could have gotten something better at maybe a few weeks ago when everybody was healthy. So I like the under 45 is where I'm going to go with this first one. So right. Cheeto Freak saying, after losing the Lions, why did you ever bet on the Vikes? Cheeto, because it's the Vikings. I, I actually am I'm, I'm with Heisler here. Like, the Steelers, I, I kind of feel like, are, are getting a little bit more shine just because they beat the Ravens, and it, it was a big national game. And the, the Vikings are the more talented team. Now, now that, that is also true with the Vikings, like three times out of four, and they still just find some way to, to lose in ridiculous fashion. Um, I w- if I were a betting man, I would not touch this game for the record. But if I if I had to take a side, I'd take Minnesota. Um, but I have no confidence in it. Minnesota is so incredibly weird. It's just it's impossible to pick them. But I think they bounce back a little bit. They're at home. I, I don't trust Roethlisberger. He th- he can't throw the ball. So I will I will take Minnesota. Clint McKenzie, Ben Heisler. I don't know if you're seeing that, but my first time watching Ben Heisler. It's nice to put a face with the voice. I love your work, sir. You got a fan, Ben. One of uh, one. Listen, I'll, I'll see fans anywhere I can get them. Clint, I appreciate you you watching the show and uh, and following the work that we're doing at Betside. It means a lot. You left out adorable with face, but Clint, we certainly appreciate uh, you underlining. It's good to see <laughs> Ben. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I think I think that's what Clint actually meant. All right, game two, team. We're we're looking at uh, a noon kickoff on Sunday with Dallas and Washington. The Cowboys are a four point favorite on the road, heading to this is the second most expensive ticket in the NFL this week, baby. People are fired up to see the rivalry, Ben. They are, and I get it because Washington is kind of doing a mirror image of what we saw from them last season. It's Sort of deja vu all over again for him, isn't it? You know, you had uh, Washington last year start off, I think, two and seven, reel off four straight wins, backdoor themselves into uh, the division. Probably not going to win the division this year, but if you stand back and look at it, they have these two games coming up against the Cowboys where they can actually control their own destiny and still win out and capture the NFC East. Guys, we thought the division was going to be done by now. We thought it was going to be done weeks ago, that the Cowboys are just going to wrap things up by week 12, week 13, week 14. And here is Washington hanging around. Taylor Heineke has the fifth best quarterback rating in the NFL over the four-game win streak. The defense after Chase Young has gone down has stepped up tremendously. Like Everything from a narrative perspective is working really well for Washington right now, but they're still in the minus 50 range as far as points allowed 
compared to points scored this year. At some point, that comes back and bites you. It didn't. It allowed them to get into the postseason last year, and they made it a fairly compelling game at home in the postseason against Tampa Bay before getting eliminated. But I, I still like Washington to hang around here against the Cowboys. Dallas's offense, yeah, they finally got things going in the second half against New Orleans. They're coming off a slightly longer week. Uh, but I give a lot of credit to what Washington is doing. They're featuring Antonio Gibson. Vikings have had some issues every so often stopping the run. So I expect this to be a little bit closer. And then when they go to Dallas, that's when the Cowboys will eventually put this thing down. They'll take old Yeller out behind the back and, and do what needs to be done. But I, I do think Washington, in the midst of this win streak, they're playing really hard for Riverboat Ron. I think they're going to end up doing so again this week. So I, I like Washington to cover here. I think they cover. I don't think they win. I think it's close. And by the way, I don't think it's impossible. Uh, I, I don't think it's impossible by any stretch. But Dallas is just a more talented team. They're getting healthier. They got Demarcus Lawrence back. They're getting the, they have those receivers back now with Lamb and with Cooper. I think they win. Look, Taylor Heineke is, to use Carm's word, like, adorable, right? Like, oh, hey, Taylor Heineke, yes. plucky. And then you're like, oh, Taylor Heineke. He's he's Taylor Heineke. Like, should have lost to the Raiders, but the Raiders just couldn't stop finding ways to lose that game. I I think Dallas is better. There's a reason they're they're favored on the road here. I think it's about a field goal game. And I think it's probably one of those games you feel like Dallas has control of throughout. But so I like Dallas to to win but not cover the spread. On a non-betting related question for you guys. Is, is Heineke, like, are, are they buying in on him for their future? Because the way that they're playing now, they're playing themselves kind of out of that quarterback conversation in the first round with whoever they might want to consider. And it's a down quarterback class this yep. year. But they, they give him another year, and then either they bottom out or they just say, all right, this is our guy. I think it's possible. I think it's – but, you know, like I was actually talking to a, a personnel exec about this like a week, and not about Heineke specifically, but the quarterback class. And he was like, yeah, I think probably like six guys are going to go in the first three rounds, but like none of them are guys who I would want to draft highly. Um, and, but, you know, God knows somebody will. Somebody will take Pickett or Howell or, or Willis or whatever. Like they'll, they'll, they'll draft him really early. Um, he's signed through next year. So I kind of think – I kind of – yeah, they might they might roll him for a year, but, I, but he's not he's not to me like the answer. And I, I don't think they feel that way either. Low-level humble brag by Vernon with their uh, – just talking to a person. Now, Chief, love when he does moves like that, just the, the insider. It does insight, you, you son of a bitch. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's important to know <laughs> that people in the league feel that way and not I, just some dope over I, here on, on a cam feels that way. I, I understand. We all, we all need to know that you have legit sources and your thoughts are not just your own at times, but you actually have talked to people who are immersed in football. I, here's a low-level analysis of why Heineke's coming back. They're featuring him on uh, on broadcast. They've got him and Ron Rivera doing it, doing interviews. If, if Washington didn't want him out there like that, you wouldn't see him. So that's that's my analysis of how they they feel about Taylor Heineke going forward. But here, let's let's move on to Baltimore and Cleveland. I find this game very interesting. Cleveland's a two and a half point favorite. They're coming off a bye. The Ravens, of course, going for two because. According to John Harbaugh, they had no cornerbacks left, and we underlined them at the start of the show uh, with Marlon going out and the secondary completely beat up. The number's 42-and-a-half, so nobody thinks that Cleveland's going to take advantage of that beat-up secondary, Ben. Uh, and the Browns sitting here uh, at 6-and-6 six six as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, and, and they played them close when they matched up a couple weeks ago, and we talked about it on the podcast that we thought this was going to be the game that 
that the Ravens would finally put Cleveland out of their misery. Um, and to a certain extent they did, except the Ravens lost last week and everybody's still in contention somehow in the AFC North. I, I, I think when it comes to Baltimore and trying to just understand the current state of their offense, it, Lamar's not a hundred percent right now. I, I think that's, that's fairly evident. And he was somebody that I was advocating for, especially with his start to the season. He had a few more turnovers than I would have liked, but he was putting up better numbers, especially uh, from, from the running side than he did during his MVP year. Like there was no movement in that direction. And when has started to, to finally push him out of the way there as well. Uh, but you've seen some movement on the Cleveland side, like substantial movement. This line opened up right around the pick them. I think WinBet might've opened it up at Cleveland minus yeah. one. And now it's getting close to that magic number of three. So you're getting sharp money on the Cleveland side. And I think especially with, with Baltimore's inability to stop anybody in the passing game right now, it's certainly not to say that's what Cleveland does well. They've struggled with it all year, but if you're running the ball effectively with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you're also incorporating some passing lanes for them as well. Play action is going to work this week because Baltimore is not going to be able to stop it. And so I think it's going to be another one of those games that for as much as these defenses have struggled, I think both teams are just going to run the ball so much that you're just not going to see the points that we're accustomed to seeing. And so I probably am looking at this game going, well, 42 and a half might be a little bit too low, but I do think Cleveland can get the win here. And I think two and a half feels like the right number. If you want to bet this game on the Brown side, I would do it sooner rather than later before this, before this line moves to three. I think the Browns are going to win and cover the game or cover the spread. I, I think, look, the weather is going to be good in Cleveland, which I just looked up because that always matters in Cleveland. Uh, it, it's going to be 43 and sunny. So that's not going to be a factor. Mayfield has been hurt all year. He's coming off the bye. I'm sure he's still hurt, but he should be healthier. Like this might be the one game where he actually looks a little bit more spry and able to drive the football. I just don't think Baltimore has been good for weeks. They lost to Miami. They should have lost to Chicago. I get Jackson didn't play the game. I, I understand that, but they, they did not play well in that game. They, you know, they they have been living on a razor's edge for months at this point. I mean, they, every game they play is a game that they could lose. They should lose. They find a way. That luck ran out in Pittsburgh. I think they're going to lose this game. I don't. I don't think it's some foregone conclusion because you know Cleveland hasn't been a world beater either. But look, Jackson's had he has not played well. And if he doesn't play well in this game, they're losing. Like, I get it. They beat Cleveland. They threw four picks a couple weeks ago. I don't know that you're going to get that kind of luck again. Like, at some point here, Cleveland's going to score 20, 24 points. And if that happens, I don't know that Baltimore can score. I mean, you look at the last handful of weeks, Baltimore can't score a point. It is murder for that team to drive the ball down the field. And I give them credit. They had the one drive against Pittsburgh is 99 yards. The rest of the game, they couldn't do anything. So I, look, I, I think Cleveland wins this game by a field goal or so. So give me them, and I'll swallow the points. So all right, let's go to Kansas City. It's Raiders Week, and this is a big number here. Uh, the public at nine and a half. Is this moved, Ben? Before we go any further, or are we sitting at nine and a half? Is that right? Uh, nine and a half sounds right. It might have opened maybe at nine, but if there's been movement, it really hasn't been. Much. Okay. All right. Well, the, the public, by the way, is loving the Raiders with the nine and a half here. Early, early betting. The, the over under is 49. Kansas City, of course, coming in off the wind off uh, versus Denver and the Raiders coming in off a loss that we were discussing versus Washington. Uh, 
Yep, the Chiefs don't love covering these big numbers, but maybe they will this week, Ben? They, they did it against Broncos on Sunday Night Football in a game that I couldn't wait to bet on the Denver Broncos. I've, I've been struggling, you guys, in trying to figure out how to bet the Chiefs this year. Early on, when, when everybody was concerned about their defense, I thought, okay, well, they're just going to outscore their opponents, and I'll go ahead and jump on the overs. And that, that started off well, and then I think they hit four consecutive unders in the middle of the season. Last three weeks, uh, I liked the Raiders at the, at the number at home. Of course, they ended up beating the hell out of them. The game against Dallas, I thought the Cowboys getting two and a half on the road. Kansas City hasn't had, you know, that might have been a bit of a fluke game with trying to get their offense back. Nope, they covered by 10. And then they did it again against the Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater. Coming into that game was 15-2 and two as a road underdog of three points or more. So the Chiefs are still one of the worst teams in the NFL covering the spread. They're now 5-7 and seven because they've won three games in a row against the number. I cannot figure out what to do and how to bet this team. But if you're asking me this week, nine and a half is still a lot. They're coming off a big Sunday night win. I'm probably going to lean on fading them again. But at the same time, this is just kind of what they do. They go on these crazy ebbs and flows. We had a conversation about it. It was one 12 and one against the spread. Before that, there were something along the lines of 15 and three against the spread. So I'm probably just staying away from the spread entirely if I had to take a guess. I know the Raiders have had all sorts of issues on the defensive side of the ball, but they're very more they're they're much more committed now, especially with Josh Jacobs being sort of that lead feature back. I actually kind of look at it next week and think this might be one of those games where uh, it's not particularly high scoring. 48 and a half is probably going to move up depending on the weather. Uh, so I'll go ahead and lean under here just because everyone's going to be anticipating a shootout. Let, let me just, before you go over to Ram, the way you bet the Chiefs, the way you should bet anything, fade the public. Everybody loved Denver last week. Good old Carm right here, right in Kansas City. Everybody loves the Raiders this week. Take your Chiefs. You all love them. Blowout Central, baby. It's going to be a party at Arrowhead. Go ahead, Mer- Go ahead, Verderam. So I actually, last year, could not bet the spread for the Chiefs for my life. Every year, every week, I was like, ah, they're going to cover. Like, they'll cover. And then they just never decided to cover again. I've actually been pretty on with them a lot of this year, which is which is atypical of me uh, when, it, when it comes to the, the betting lines, which is why I don't bet. Um, I think they're going to kill the Raiders in this game. <laughs> I, I really do. This is, and I normally like last week. I thought they would. I, I said on here that I wouldn't touch it. I, I said I thought they'd slightly cover, which they ended up doing. Um, I think the Raiders are just kind of cooked. They've lost four or five. I know they had the Thanksgiving Day win, which I, I think you know everybody nationally is like, oh, the Raiders, and then it was like, no, 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 the Raiders. And I don't know if everybody saw the head coach's comment after the game that, well, we can't be results-oriented. We can't be looking at the scoreboard. What the fuck are you talking about? You're coaching the NFL. You better be results-oriented or you're going to be pink slip-oriented. Like, what? So, no, I, I I think they are somewhat cooked. Carr has won one game in Arrowhead in his career, okay? And that was last year when they did the bus tour around the stadium and they never won another game that mattered. Um, <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. Which, by the way, I can guarantee you the Chiefs have not forgotten about that. Okay, because in the in the two games since then, the Chiefs have scored a million points on them. Here's the other problem the Raiders have, and we saw it in the Las Vegas. They play a single high safety look. That's what they do. 
the Chiefs destroy teams to do that. Now, maybe the Raiders switch up their whole defensive philosophy for this game. Typically, NFL teams do not. Uh, and, and Kansas City is just playing so well defensively. Like, you look at this number nine and a half. What are the Raiders going to score in my eyes? Maybe maybe they get to 17. Like, I think the Chiefs are getting to 30 in this game. So, I think Kansas City wins. Normally, the big number I stay away from. Or I'll say, hey, I think it's a cup. I, I think I think Kansas City is going to cover this number. I actually was surprised, frankly, it wasn't higher. I thought it'd be ten or eleven. So I, I think the Chiefs are going to run away with this one. By the way, if it is thirty to seventeen, that would mean that the under still hits. Under might hit. I'm not even getting into that. The under the Chiefs defense has been so good. I probably would take the under. But I I, I think it's the kind of game. I will say this in this in this one. If you're a non-Chief Raiders fan, just watching it. If you want a good game, you better hope that the Chiefs don't get ahead of them early in the game because that's the kind of game Carr throws a pick and all of a sudden it's like 17 nothing in the first quarter and it's just an avalanche at Arrowhead. That is, Carr has been, as Gonzo points out, Carr has been brutal in cold weather, brutal in his career. It's not going to be that cold. It's going to be about 50 and sunny. So they get a break there, but I just, I think the Raiders are kind of done. The Chiefs are rolling right now. And I just think it's a terrible matchup for the Raiders. It's just the way they play, the way the Chiefs play. It's it's not what you want if you're the Raiders in this game, in my opinion. Two games to go here, Buffalo and Tampa Bay, which at one point many thought was going to be your Super Bowl matchup. I would say that uh, that is highly, 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 highly in doubt at this point. But uh, Buffalo's got to be happy to getting out of the wind and going down south to face the Bucks. Three-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, Tampa coming in off a win once again as uh, they, 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 they took care of the Falcons last week, Ben. Numbers 52-and-a-half. Yeah, high number for the total, which surprised me initially, but then I remembered the issues that the Bucks have had in their secondary. Um, and also, or excuse me, yeah, the Bucks have had in their secondary and for the Bills. Uh, Notre Davis White's going to be a problem if you, you get some of these uh, Buccaneer wide receivers healthy and back again. So I, I could see a plenty of points going back and forth between these two teams. Uh, if, if we're following the Carm school of thought, which is fade the public, uh, you would think they'd be all over Tampa Bay, and I'm sure they are. At the same time, this line opened up at Tampa Bay minus three and a half. It has since moved it when bet to Tampa Bay minus three. You have already gotten some immediate action and sharp money coming in on Buffalo. And I actually think it makes a little bit of sense. I think you're going to see a much better offensive game plan this week uh, because you're not – Buffalo doesn't like to run the ball anyway. And against New England, they they tried to pass, but the Patriots' defense is so locked in, so aggressive right now, that they just really couldn't do anything that they wanted to do. Uh, Brian Dable is also uh, – just seems remarkable considering everything he's done for Josh Allen. There's now some grumblings coming up there that he might not necessarily be on the hot seat, but – uh, there's some frustration from from Bills fans. And here's the other remarkable thing about Buffalo right now. They're the seventh seed in the AFC. They have three easy home games left against Carolina, Atlanta, the New York Jets. And, and Verderam, we actually featured this in, in an article that we wrote over at Betsided today, your tweet about how they probably have to get to 11 wins just to get into the postseason. Yeah. Well, the only way they get to 11 wins is either they get a road win this week against Tampa or they do it in a couple weeks against the Patriots in New England. And that's going to be pretty difficult to be able to come by because the Colts have the tiebreaker. I think you're looking at a very desperate Buffalo team that comes into the, to Tampa Bay, plays possibly their best game of the season, 
understanding the stakes that are at hand. And I do think they're going to be able to not only cover, I think they upset Tampa Bay here just purely based on the fact that they need this win. Stefan Diggs has a monster game, uh, just torching Tampa Bay secondary. Uh, I think you'll see plenty of points, but I do expect this to be the game that, that Buffalo figures it out and, and get themselves back on track going against the, the public a little bit here, but I think this is an opportunity for Buffalo where they really need to figure it out and figure it out. 59% fast. of the money, early money going in on the bucks. Go ahead, Burren. So I'm going to go the old league Corso and not so fast, my friend. I, I think the bills will figure it out. I do not think it's going to be this week. Now, everything you said is completely reasonable. Like I, schematically, you're right. The bills should be able to move the ball in this game. The, the bucks corners are terrible. They're beat up. Um, I would expect that the Bills do that. The problem I have in this game is more of a gut feeling. I just wonder if the Bills emotionally after Monday night are just a little bit fried. Like, I don't think fried for the year, but fried for this weekend. It's it's a short week. It's a game where they just got they, – they didn't just lose. Like, they physically got handled in that game. And it was on national television – you saw after the game, you know, Hyde and Poyer take issue with Jerry Sullivan, the local reporter there. You know, the question where he asked them if they were embarrassed. Um, I I have a feeling that Brady is just going to kick their teeth in, in this game. That it's just going to be one of those things where Brady's never under pressure, throws for 400 yards, and everybody's going to bury Buffalo. And then I think the Bills come back from that and they run the rest of their table. They play the Panthers, the Falcons, the Jets. They're going to win those games. And that game in New England might be their season. I think if last night the weather was normal, I think they would have beat New England. So I'll say that they just beat them up there. I I think that happens. But this is weird. Schematically, I think it's a very, very good game. And I would normally take the Bills to cover the three and maybe they win. I just think emotionally in this one, they're going to be in a tough spot. I don't know that they're going to be ready mentally to get down there and play a Bucks team that is playing really well right now. Last game, the Rams who got well against Jacksonville. Another great pick by Carm. Who does job, Carm. Of course I did not I just listened to teammates on that one, but I did ride them against the Jags. And then Arizona, who uh took care of Andy Dalton four interceptions, Chicago Bears. Uh the Cardinals, best in the NFC, three point favorite at home. It's a great game this week. Fifty two is that number. I'm thinking that Ben Heisler is going to ride the over is my guess. Go ahead. Definitely considering the over and Stafford's actually put up much better numbers away from LA this year than he has uh, at home. Uh, The Cardinals defense is legit. And and so that kind of pressure, especially with how much he struggled against the blitz this year is also a bit concerning for me, but uh, again, I, I think you're talking about another opportunity to fade the public here. Rams got a nice win, but it was against Jacksonville where they were 14 and a half point favorites. Uh, that was an easy, predictable win for them. Uh, Arizona, I mean, Kyler Murray, I, I think, made a really compelling case that he should remain in the MVP conversation. Coming back, being able to do what he did in just garbage weather in Chicago, uh, he's still in contention for me. And I think what's going to be the difference here is whether or not Arizona does what they've done the last couple of years down the stretch of the season where Cliff Kingsbury gets completely outcoached uh, or they continue to play really strong. The first team in the NFL to double-digit wins. Uh, They've played remarkable on both sides of the ball. You saw DeAndre Hopkins get involved again. Um, 
James Conner, I think James Conner is still leading the NFL in touchdowns, which is not something that I think either any of us would have predicted at the beginning no. of the season. Uh, but I, I like the Rams getting three here. Um, some books had it at, at three and a half, and I'm sure that got snatched up. WinBet has it at three. I, I think you've needed a couple weeks to see the Rams start to get their their new pieces together. And I, I don't think they're afraid to go into Arizona, especially on the turf with that type of speed that they have, and be able to, to make a difference. I, I think it's going to be a nice back-and-forth game, another good, compelling Monday night game, which is nice. I uh, haven't seen that in a while. But I, I do think the Rams, especially getting the points on the road, knowing that they need to get this game to remain competitive in this division, I, I do think they're going to cover here, and I don't think I don't think the public expects them. Public to. loves the Cardinals. Big biggest. The public loves the Cardinals more than they love any game this week right now. Seventy five percent of the money. Go ahead, Verderam. I hate to ride public, but I'm gonna. I'm going. Uh, I'm going public. I, I think they win the game. And I think they cover. I, I just here's a real here's here. You know, I'll be brief. Here's a fair, real question to you guys. If the Rams win the game, is it the biggest win of Matt Stafford's career? That's got to be a yes, I would think. I mean, no playoff wins. Yeah, no considering considering he's in the the market that he's in, knowing that it's the the best team potentially in the NFL on the road, I'll I'll say sure. Right, I agree with you. The man's been in the league for a dozen years. So, hey, week fourteen Monday night, it's the biggest win of your life. Like I, they're not winning this game. They're not like we. Oh my god. He's never won a big game in his life, and, and and I like Stafford. This is a this is somebody who likes Matt Stafford. They've never won a big game. Kingsbury and Murray beat the brakes off him earlier this year in Los Angeles. I just I don't have a reason to bet the Rams in this game. Like, what is the reason? The Cardinals are like right now, right now, they are the best team in football. If they weren't the Arizona Cardinals and they were the New York Giants, nobody would debate that. But they're the Cardinals, so it's like, well, really, are they? I will say, I did see one crazy stat today from uh, Buddy Aaron Schatz over Football Outsider. The the Cardinals have fumbled the ball 22 times this year, which leads the league. They have recovered 20 of them. That's an impossible number. So they have had a little fortune. But they're very good defensively, much better than I think we all thought. They're very good on offense, which isn't shocking. Like, what have the Rams done? The Rams beat Tampa in week three and have crapped themselves against every other good team they've played this entire season. Absolutely crapped themselves. I will take the Cardinals. He does have eight wins against teams over 500 in his career. Eight and 68, Matthew. Eight, eight wins! Eight wins in his career. There are guys who have that in a year. That's impossible. I don't. Even, I don't care who you're playing for. By the way, eight and sixty-eight. Good yeah, lord! That's eight, not even against playoff teams. That's against winning teams. That could be nine and seven. Like that's impossible. Eight and sixty-eight. One and four this year, for the record. Um, okay, it's not just with the Lions. So, hey, Ben Heisler, great stuff. People love your face. I love your face, and. Uh, Week 14, baby. Let's make some money. Win bet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com for all your gambling needs. And, of course, read everything at BetSided, bandsided.com forward slash BetSided. Great, great, great content. Ben's doing a phenomenal job along with the team over there. 
So, uh, hey, everybody, we're going to wrap up the show. Ben, we'll see you next week, brother. All right, guys. Be good. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Verderam, anything we need to hit here? From before, more attractive job, Vikings or Bears? I, I, I wanted this on there because I actually posed this. I, I asked during a radio interview, I actually asked somebody this like back to them, and it became a very interesting conversation. I'll let you lead off here. What's, well, end of the year. End of the year, both guys get canned. Let, let, let me just make the case. I'll make the case for the Bears, all right? You, you have an, an elite young quarterback in Jalen Johnson who's, who's, who's excellent, all right? You've got, a, you've got a middle linebacker in Roquan who you're going to have to pay, but another another elite defensive player. You've got Justin Fields, okay? So um, those are three solid starting points. You have, uh, in general, nowhere to go but up. There's that as well as far as just like sheer pressure of taking the job. You have some young talent at the receiver position in Darnell Mooney and throw Cole Komet in as a capable tight end, even though uh, – you know, he dropped a ball last week that literally changed the whole focus of the game. That's another thing about Arizona, by the way. If the Bears weren't completely inept, they could have gotten the Cardinals this week. Um, didn't they were inept, so it didn't happen, which is reason for the Rams. Yeah. But I, I, I'll—that's my argument for Chicago, man. You, you I, listen. I think Justin Fields is going to be very good, and you have some pieces around him, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So I, I would say the Bears. So I, I see Cheeto freaks commentary and i see uh, matt verner and fan pages commentary and, and it's all it's all very fair um staying away from chicago i how are you car like kirk cousins is a 45 million dollar cap hit next year i'm not walking into that you kidding it's like walking into a hail of football of, uh, gunfire i'm not dealing with that 45 million dollars for him you so your first year immediately is, is trash i will say this if the Bears keep Brian Pace, I want nothing to do with that job. He, he's gone. It has to be. Has to gone. be. But I know how much the McCaskey family loves him. But, I, I mean, yeah. They, they might gone. make him director of popcorn, but he's going to be out in his position. That's all that matters to me. I don't care. He, he can go sell concessions. But he can't be a, a GM. So, I would take the Bears up for a few reasons. Cousins' head is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm not dealing with that. Number two, I like Fields a lot. Uh, number three, I'd rather live in Chicago than Minnesota. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I have lived in Chicago. I, I love Chicago. Number four, uh, look, I agree with you. There's some good young talent there. Like the Bears could be a lot. Now they've got things they've got to fix. Uh, their offensive line's a mess. Okay, and maybe Tevin Jenkins is part of the answer. Maybe he's not. I think I can turn around the Bears. Like the, the Vikings have more talent, but the Vikings are just. It almost feels like you need to blow it up, the Vikings. I don't feel like that with the Bears. I feel like you've just got a competent coach in there and a, and a couple of offensive players. You could be a good team. So I, I think Chicago's a better job. Their, their O-line, too, is a, a little if, – if, 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 huge if, but if Tevin Jenkins is good, then right. you've got a, then, then a second-round pick playing left tackle. You've got a fifth-round pick playing right tackle. Larry Borum's been – 
uh, his grades have been excellent. So now your, your offensive line, the point I'm making is it's cheap. So you're going to have – you've got money coming off the books here, uh, not yet with Khalil Mack, but that's, gonna, that's, that's after next season he'll be gone, uh, which isn't great that you're losing Khalil Mack. But they haven't had Khalil Mack here for a while. Uh, same thing with Hicks. So there's going to be some financial flexibility as well. Right. Um, so, all right. Bears, uh, begrudgingly. But the, the Minnesota is also, for the record, I'm not as as anti-Cousins as you are. They've just lost a ton of close games this year. He, I, he's, I do, not, he's not winning shit. I'm not, I know. I, I understand. It's, more, it's not so much. He's a good co- quarterback, but he's not. Like I don't, I don't hate the the the, like, the people who are like just cousins haters to the hill. I, I'm not that, but I mean hell, my quarterback ranks. I think I have him like tenth or ninth. Like he's a good quarterback, but yeah. he's just he's Derek Carr. Like he's he's good, but that's that's about it. Like he's good. Right, and the bigger thing is when he is done. What are you going to do? Which the Bears actually, hopefully, for once, right, and right. and and have have an answer. All right, Bertram, what's going on behind the scenes over there? I don't even remember what the hell I wrote. Oh no, I remember what cookies. I wrote. Okay, so cookies. So, so yes, on uh, Sunday, while well, I was slaving away down in my office, working hard, you know, watching football and stuff. Okay, um, my wife, my my beautiful. Uh, Pregnant wife here is uh, 20 weeks pregnant. My guy can't believe halfway home. Um, That's so, news on the podcast. Did not know that. Congratulations. Oh, I'm sure Thank people you. knew that. I um, didn't know that. You knew that. I, I did not know that. I did not know that. Congratulations, buddy. You had no idea she's pregnant? No, you never told that. Out and talked about it like two months ago. Anyway, all right. Well, I, I thought we touched Missed base it. on this. I, 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 I'm, I'm a... Very, very uh, uh, apparently casual Matt Verderam follower. How I missed that one, I don't know. I did see, I did see you hanging out with me at Kimes. Congratulations, that's a that's a major upgrade for you. Hanging out, <laughs> having an, having a conversation on Twitter. Um, yeah, no, my wife uh, Steph is uh, actually also FaceTiming me as we speak, so I'll have to decline that. Uh, she, uh, yeah, my wife is uh, is twenty weeks pregnant with another baby girl, so we'll ha- we'll have uh, Mace is gonna have a little sister. And uh, God bless that kid as she tries to uh, as she tries to deal with with having Maisie as a as a big sister as Maisie tries to run her all over creation. Um, but uh, no, listen. Point being, so Steph has two younger sisters. They came over, right? So on Sunday while I'm working, we we have the the three of them up there with Maisie. I should add all baking cookies, which is a tradition that they do every year. And they all take some, you know, to keep at home. Stephanie's bringing a bunch into work, whatever. They made like 250 cookies. Yes. Right. Like, and like multiple different kinds, right? Like they took these peppermint Hershey kisses and they put them inside, uh, you know, a chocolate cookie, melted them in. It was, they're amazing. And these peanut butter cookies with a chocolate kiss, popular puppy makes an appearance, by the way. Hello. Hilarious. Um, we have, he was Poppy was asked for. She's she's she was a little shy, but here she is. Keep going. Awesome. There you go, Ed. Yeah. Say hello, yeah. Pop Pop. My wife for the first time, Steph made fudge, which is incredible. Chocolate fudge, she made peppermint bark. I mean, like, the list goes on. Sugar cookies, pretzel rods dipped in chocolate. Oh, it was like a, basically a confectionery upstairs. And yet, I'm I'm expected somehow by my trainer at the gym not to not to gain you know body fat percentage. Which I, I actually did very well last month. I'm, I'm down two percent, which is pretty happy with. Uh, all, but n- now 
I got two, I got I got a couple hundred cookies in the house and no self-control. And I'm supposed to not get obese. And by the way, I go upstairs on Sunday and Stephanie starts telling me, no, you can't eat like half of these. We're freezing them. I go, why? Can I ask you a question? Hold are on, you an adult? Are so, you an adult? You, do, can you control yourself? Go ahead. Uh, yes, and then the answer is no. Uh, and so, and so Steph's like, we're bringing these, we're bringing these cookies to your parents' house for Christmas. Which, by the way, my father's going to go into a diabetic coma within about ten minutes of us being there. Okay, if you ha- if you've met my father, my God, that man, and I know he's going to listen to this. So, Dad, yes, let's just call a spade a spade. You're going to eat yourself into a coma. We're going to get there by about midnight on December 22nd. By the by noon on the 23rd, we're going to have to call an ambulance. Okay. All those cookies. My mother's making Buckeyes, about 100 of them. So by the time we do this show on New Year's, we're going to need a screen twice as wide just to fit me on the screen. What's the fattest you've ever been? How fat were you when you were at your most fat peak? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, boy. No, I... Uh, in, in terms of the most I've ever weighed, I've weighed uh, like 242, 243. And where are you right now? Uh, like 220. But with like my body fat percentage is down like 7 or 8%. So it's it's like a pretty wow. a pretty healthy 220. Yeah. And it, Burn around. 7%, uh, 8% with an agent. This is big. Well, I, yeah, the, 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 it, I, I always, always hated lifting weights at the gym. Like I, I would do it occasionally, go like twice a week, but I hated it. You haven't left little weight since '91. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. For, yeah, but you're, did your credit card. You're very active. Like I was really active through college, and then after college, I guess like a lot of people, like eh, yeah. Uh, and you no, know, certainly by the way, as the comments are scrolling, it definitely not ripped Vern. Like, 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 like respectable Vern at this point. But it, but now I, I actually do enjoy it. So I'll go to try to go in like four or five days a week, lift weights, you know, whatever, do do some core work. Um. Mostly because I'm 33, and I kind of figure if I don't get it in shape now, it's probably just not going to happen. And I don't want my wife to look at me and go, I can do better, which really she, <laughs> should, she should think anyway, right? But um, it, it is what it is. But, yes, the point is when we get back here after the holidays, I'm not kidding. They're gonna. I mean, they're, I'm gonna have to be. I'm gonna have to get one of those like those those, those uh, mechanized chairs that go down the staircase to get me down to my office. And then they're going to have to wheel me in, in like a wheelbarrow. They'll have the screen just twice the size. It's going to be a disaster, Con. It's going to be, and then I'm going to have to listen. Well, what, how did you gain five pounds? Well, be, because you just made a, a quarter of a thousand cookies. I mean, what do you think was going to happen? These are the these are the issues of our time, Con. Yeah. Well, again, you are an adult. Your wife doing that is is a beautiful thing because it's there for you, and you get to work on your self control. I'm and I believe from after this podcast. I uh, sure, and well, then just <laughs> then, 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 then don't have dinner. Uh, <laughs> and, and for the record, we're we're having some uh, this, this particular location where I'm doing the podcast from is going away, so Carm might be doing a lot more time at the gym and and uh, spending time in there in their computer area doing my work. So maybe I'll get in great shape in 22 because we're losing this damn office for the record. Um, hashtag let's get another office. But so, uh, Verem off, off I, I showed Poppy the puppy. I just want to tell you my ability as a dog owner is, is really reaching its peak. I have, uh, Wait, my tent down now. What's that? 
putting the toilet seat down the cover? No, no, as a dog owner. No, oh, yeah, I that too. That. that too, right. That's right. He's not looking. Right. You're right. I am I am putting the toilet seat down, so he has not been drinking out of the toilet. So there's that. She, for the record, the dog's a female. Yeah. And uh, But I'm talking about at the park. Oh, okay. We got the tennis ball out, and my arm strength, you know, we're, we're at the end of the career here. But it, it's getting stronger and stronger. I mean, everybody's out there with their flinging toys and whatnot. I'm old school. This is caveman Eric Carm. I got the tennis ball, and I throw it, and it's a shot. And, and, and the, I don't think – I'm wondering if the dog doesn't see particularly well So because when I give the sky ball, it doesn't, doesn't pick it up as well. So I'm doing laser shots right, you know, three feet off the ground. Andre Dawson, if anybody gets that reference, yeah. old school expo slash cub. I mean, it's a bullet. The dog's getting in good shape, and the arm's going to be there. So softball season can't come soon enough. I'm going to be gunning people. I'm proud of you for not getting one of those, like, whip it things to throw the ball. I mean, how much of a lazy bastard do you have to be? Pick the ball up and throw it. You know, I, I give you credit for that. Good on you. We used to, when I was a kid, we had a dog, Rascals, a German Shepherd, beautiful dog. And you love to chase tennis balls. My father would always, he'd, like, pump fake him. Get him, and, and then he, the dog would like run like ten feet. And he's smart enough to like he realized no, no, he didn't throw it, and he would wail it into the woods, right? Because you know we were up very rural, and the dog rascal would just tear it, and he like, just a bloodhound. You'd always find he'd come back, but he was funny. My my dad loves to garden, and so had a ton of gardens in the in the in the, uh, in the, on the property, and if the ball went into the garden. He knew he could not go in there. So he would just stand at the edge and bark. Like he was extremely uh extremely Smart reserved dog. that way. But man, I, I as a kid, it's one of my the memories I always have of my dad just wailing tennis balls all over this this uh this property because the dog was just indomitable. So it's a good time. It's fun. I don't want to call a poppy the puppy as we say goodbye here, but uh one thing, you know, what you're teeing up here and Adonis all over the chat here and Verram lifting weights, Poppy. Once, if another dog comes to play with her in the park and she's got that the ball in the mouth, she instantly gives it up. She's terrified of who's ever around, and she's basically saying, "Don't hurt me." And I'm like, "Come on, man, you got to get tougher. You you can take on Fido. Don't worry about Roscoe. Let's go. You hold that ball. You 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 get through the the melee, and you get that ball back to me, so I don't have to walk down half the park to go get it after my bullet, John Elway." in his prime throw. So, you know, Poppy's got to get tougher. She's got to toughen up. I don't yeah. know how to do it. but It's got to, it's got to step up. Come on. I, I actually got to uh, say goodbye here because at 1230, she's getting she's going to groomies down the street, so I got to go walk her and take her to uh, – That'll make her get, tougher. She's getting, a, <laughs> she's getting a bath scheduled by the wife. Uh, I had nothing to do with that. Dog would be uh, dirty if I had anything to say. But, but you know, pick your battles. Dog would be an earn if it was up to you, the way you uh, handled that dog in the beginning. True story. Gonzo. Cheeto, Clint, uh, whoever else is weighed in today. Matt Verderham fan page, damn it. Matt Verderham fan that. page, we, 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 we love you. Eddie E., you're out there too. Yeah. Uh, we, we, all the comments today, you, you, it means a ton to see you guys out there. So thanks for, for being with us on the show. A lot of fun to be doing this. Every Tuesday, 12 Eastern, 11 Central, Chiefs time. Verderham, enjoy week 14, buddy. Take care, Carm. Enjoy the week. We'll see you guys.